Good morning, Chair City Church. Good to see you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Welcome to the first Sunday of 2019. We will tear it up this year, huh? We will light this city up. You know, I find beauty in uh, peculiar things. I think is my family tells me the things I find beautiful are a little different than perhaps maybe most of you, you know, like pizza. I do. I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I can, I can just really zealously describe to you, you know, that's actually, that's from my favorite pizzeria. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. The color, see the contrast of the color, the, 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 the dispersion of the sauce and the cheese and the proportion of it all. It, it just, it, it looks beautiful. It, it, it tastes beautiful. It smells beautiful. Longest running pizzeria in the United States, by the way. Um, just fantastic. I'll drive four hours to get a pie, okay? Uh, you know, it's just, um, you know, I, I think it's beautiful. I, I, when someone, seeing someone overcome difficulty, persevering, I think it's a beautiful thing, right? You know, Times Square, you know, at night in New York City, or you know, even Quincy Market at night when they light up the trees and you have all the stores and people are walking to and fro and the musicians are out there playing, all that hustle and bustle. I think it's a beautiful thing, you know? Tom Brady getting sacked is a beautiful thing to me. It really is. Just the, the crunching, an extra bonus, would, like a very beautiful thing would be that helmet coming off and the frown and the hair messed up. It's, it's just a beautiful thing to me. Of course, I can't, okay. <laughs> I can't leave the subject of beauty without referring to my beautiful wife, right? You know, I remember the first time I told her she was beautiful. I put a lot of thought into it. I mean, I really wanted to make an impression. And so I decided to look at her and tell her, all the different things about her that were beautiful, you know? And, and, and how we're just working together. Remember, I, I think it was in Rhode Island over by that lake, and I, I told her, this is beautiful, and that's beautiful, and, and it's just all working in harmony, and, and you are just a, a walking beautiful thing. You're, you're beautiful to see, I told her. You're, you're beautiful to, to hear. You're beautiful to touch, and there wasn't a lot of touching going on. We, we held firm until we got married. We, uh, we, we stayed away from the intimacy of intimacies until we get married. Christy, I was able to keep Christy at bay, and she was able to maintain her temptation until our wedding day, right? <laughs> it was a big, oh, yeah, right back there somewhere. Okay. But, the, you know, the definition of beauty is a combination of quality, shapes, colors, form that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially our sight. A combination of qualities that please our intellect, our morals. Beauty draws us in, especially in our culture. But truly, there is nothing more beautiful than a life lived for Jesus. Hear me out here. This is the kind of beauty that convinces people that there is still goodness and purity and hope in the world we live in. This is the kind of beauty that truly changes the world and has been changing the world for centuries. When we as followers of Jesus live out our lives in a beautiful way, blessing people around us, pleasing God as we strengthen our families, as we strengthen people around us, as we encourage them, and then our communities are revitalized and refreshed because we as a group called the church are living out Jesus in a beautiful way. I want you to know that as you kick off 2019, your life can shine beauty into the world around you, into a world that desperately needs you and needs it.
I would like you to consider this. Here is my 2019 resolution. What I'm saying is I want this to be your 2019 resolution. Huh? I want to live a beautiful life in 2019. Do you hear me? Huh? You want to live a beautiful life in 2019. Now, when it comes to beauty, one person might deem something to be beautiful and the other might not. Hence, the frowns and the grimaces when I was saying, this is what I think is beautiful, and you think not, right? You know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's a cultural thing. You know, what one sees is beautiful, the other doesn't. Sometimes it's a generational thing. Like, you know, you could see like a couple of people in their 20s or 30s hanging out and, you know, near somebody who's like 50 over here and one person whips out their arm and says, man, check out my sleeve. And everybody's like, oh, man, that's beautiful. And the 50 was like, oh, that's what you do, man. Oh, God, you go. How did you do that to yourself? Just different. <laughs> so, you know, meaning, you know, different takes on what is beautiful. But when it comes to living a life for Jesus, you know, that is beautiful, this is universal. This beauty is a universal beauty. It's not as ambiguous or as, as vague as you might think. It's not as subjective, I, perhaps, as we would adopt in our thinking, you know? Meaning it's not based on our personal feelings or our opinions or our preferences. God has, de God has designed for us. He has planned out for us what he sees as our lives lived out beautifully. He has a clear design for it. And, and even people, now some of you are thinking, you know what, like, man, you know, when you, when you think beauty, you don't associate with yourself or you don't associate with certain people. Like, like for instance, like, you know, maybe, you know, beauty and like David Atamian. You just, you just don't put them together, you know what I'm saying? Right, you know, beauty, David Atamian, you know? Like even his wife is probably laughing right now, right? But, but even David Atamian could be beautiful in God's perfect plan and design, right? I like to make fun of David. I made fun of John last service, David, John, John, David. I like to, I like to poke him a bit because it bothers him a bit, and I think that's a beautiful thing, right? <laughs> what Jesus did for us, who he was for us, enables us to live out beautiful lives. He, Jesus brought us these qualities of life to us, and even though when those qualities shine through each one of us individually as individuals, and it looks a little bit different here and there that when it comes through me or comes through you, overall, God says, this is beautiful. In God's eyes and in his plan, the Christian faith is beautiful. Now, if you talk to people outside the church, by and large, that might not be what they would say. That's not their estimation, their opinion of the Christian faith. Beautiful is not what comes to their mind. But maybe that's because you and I are living this out at times more inconsistently than consistently. Maybe we're just not doing it justice. Maybe we're just not living it out as God has called us to and what he has designed for us. We're not living it out in a beautiful way. We're not living out this beautiful life that God has called us to. We might be doing it a little bit more according to like, you know, what we see as beauty than what he has designed is beauty. Sometimes we might want a little bit more of our, our idea of beauty than what God's idea of beauty is, you know? And sometimes, sort of, I don't know, maybe a little bit more innocently, we're just really not sure what God's idea of a beautiful life is. Meaning the, the concept, the thought of, 
God has a beautiful life for us, really, it's never crossed our minds, never really settled in that, that specifically God has called and designed a beautiful life for you to live. And he does. He explains so in the Bible. God wants us to do a great work in this generation. God wants us to begin, to, and that begins with us living out a beautiful life. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Weight of Glory, got some deep stuff, C.S. Lewis. You read one page, you got to read it like 10 times, but it's good stuff. He says, we do not merely, we do not want merely to see beauty, though. God knows even that is bounty enough. We want something else which can hardly be put into words. To be united with the beauty we see, to pass into it, to receive it into ourselves, to bathe in it, to become part of it. And that's what we want to do in these coming weeks. That's how we're kicking off this year. We don't just want to see beauty from a distance. Enough is enough. We, we want to be yearning to live this beautiful life. We want to be more like Jesus, and we want to reflect his beauty. We're going to jump into the scripture. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. And we're, we're at a point in the scripture here where Jesus is speaking before you know, a, a crowd of people. It's a part of the scripture that a lot of people know is the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus says, Matthew 5, verse 1 through 3. Actually, let's go to actually 3 through 12. Matthew 5, 3 through 12. We'll keep going. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and, fall, and say false kinds of evil against you because of me, Jesus. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So these statements are known as the Beatitudes. There are nine Beatitudes. And if each one of those nine Beatitudes starts with the word blessed, right? A blessed life is a beautiful life. A blessed life is beautiful. I want, now, most of what you just read, those statements, those nine statements, it's not what you would usually call out as beautiful, right? Mourning, meekness, hungering for righteousness, mercy, persecution, you know? What you're seeing in this list of Beatitudes is the blessed and beautiful life. You see, what this is, this list, is it's a declaration, not of what we're supposed to be, but of who we are. You need to get this this morning. The Beatitudes are not a declaration a statement of what you need to be, but of who you are. So when you're seeing these, as we often do when we hear certain things coming out from Scripture, it's like, okay, I need to be this, and I'm falling short here, and I need to be doing more of that, and I need to be this, and we go there, right? And sometimes it seems out of our reach. It's like, wow, that's pretty intense, and, and you know, we kind of navigate that like we're wrestling with it. Can I, you know, you know, to what extent is that reality? But that's not what's happening here. These words are not calling you to be something. It's telling you who you are as a follower of Jesus. This is who you are. 
It's been said they're called the Beatitudes, not the do attitudes. That's pretty cool. The Beatitudes are a declaration of in Jesus Christ who we are. When we have faith in Jesus, often we think who we are is based on what we do. This is our culture. But the Beatitudes are here. They function to let us know that if we are born again, if we are following Jesus, this is who we are. We are blessed. Many of us are not living out this way. We're not, meaning we're not living out the way we truly are. It's not how we're governing our lives. It's not how we're thinking. It's not what we're doing. You see, the word blessed there, at the beginning of every beatitude, you see that word blessed? In the original Greek language, because these words transferred into English from the Greek language when it was written originally, that original Greek word, it's makarios, and it means to, to, to have good fortune, to be fortunate, happy. Now, when we think happy in our culture, it's kind of more of a fleeting word, a kind of a, a, a word that we would describe when we have like these good, glad feelings based on situations and circumstances. It's good, it's nice, it's kind of fleeting, and it's temporary. That's not the happy here. True happiness comes from being blessed by God because you're blessed, you are blessed. And the word there also talks about a good fortune. Now, some of you, it's, it's kind of like, and, 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 and the thing about this is, to the extent that you get this, to the extent that you know this is not my doing, this was a supernatural happening in me. To the extent that you get this, to the degree, it's life transforming. And it brings you to the beautiful life. It, it, it's sort of like, you know, so, you, know you, you play the scratch tickets or the lotto. Some of you, it's a hobby. Some of you, it's a habit. Some of you are addicted to this stuff, right? Somebody will thank me later on, right? Meaning, you know, you, you scratch and you win. It, it's not like you worked hard for that. It's not like you necessarily deserved that. It's just you had good fortune, right? It was a gift. So this blessedness you have is a gift from God. God's blessed you, and you want to realize that he's blessed me, and he's chosen to give me the beautiful life to live. This is who I am. Now, notice each beatitude says, the, says blessed what? Blessed are. It doesn't say blessed will be. It says blessed are. Like right now, right here in the present tense, not the past. You will be blessed in the future, but right now, talk about now, you are blessed. You are blessed. Not you will be, not based on what you do. You are intrinsically, spiritually, in the whole, you are blessed because you are a believer in Jesus Christ. And you are poised and conditioned to live out the beautiful life. Huh? And these words in Matthew, written there in that original Greek, Often, like many statements are in the Bible, it's, it's Jesus giving commands. But this is not a command. In the way they're written, it's stated facts. The way it's structured there in the original language, it's being put out as a fact, meaning fact, you are blessed. God's word tells us, as a matter of fact, as a believer of Christ, a follower of Jesus, you are blessed. That is your identity. That is who you are right now, present tense. You are blessed. 
You look into 2019 with that mindset, I am blessed. It's who I am. Regardless of my circumstances, regardless of what I've put out there and, and you know, just kind of drew a picture of what I need to be and where I need to go and what will satisfy me, which we do, right? We, we do that, you know? Although things change, we do that because we, we love anxiety. We do that because we love depression. Like, well, what the heck else? I said, heck, I'm getting better, huh? I'm off to a good start in 2019. <laughs> like, you know, why not do this? And instead of just pausing, say, you know what? Right here, right now, I'm blessed. I am blessed. <laughs> and, I, and that just does something for me. It floats my boat, you know? It lights me up. Just from the inside out, I just feel stronger and better and more courageous about who I am, regardless of what's going on around me. I am blessed. And I look into tomorrow and I say, you know what, tomorrow, I am blessed. And a month from now, I am blessed. My name is Danielle. My name is Christy. My name is Shanaz. My name is, I'm picking out girls' names here, okay? My name is John. My name, I, as much as your name is, and I am blessed. Do you get me? And, and sometimes, you know, and now, although it's not about what we do, who we are, the reality is that because of who we are, there are things that we want to change and we do want to do, right? This is what we call responding to Jesus for a reason, you know? Because of what God has done, because of the state that he has placed us in and when he's made us, we have this kind of this inspiration. We're compelled, this responsibility, act and live out in a certain way. You know, James, in the book of, you know, in the book of James, James says, faith without works is dead. Uh, let, me, let me put it this way, and I want to pause because I, I want you to, I want to be subtle so this can kind of just sink in. I, I, I want this to be a, an exhortation. I want it to be a, an encouragement, somewhat of an enlightenment. I don't want it to be a kind of a, a poom, a poke, and a harsh. When you're living out faith um, in a way where your life has not noticeably changed, and your life is not continually noticeably, you know, changing where you're surrendering more and more to God. Uh, and then what's happening is, meaning faith without works, without evidence, without sacrifice, then that faith, what I would term it as, is a nice idea in your head. And we're not being harsh. We're just saying and it's a nice idea that you have in your head. It's better than a lot of other ideas you could have. It's nice. It's a nice idea in your head. And that nice idea brings some good feelings to you. It makes you feel better about your lot in life, better about your day. That's okay, you know? And it's enough, you know, gas in a tank to get you through that tough day, to get you through that marriage that you're kind of struggling with a bit, to get you through the pile of bills. It's, you know, it's like a little bit of a B12 shot. You know, might even get you through a few weeks, you know. And, and, and you know what? You're probably going to kind of govern yourself a little bit better than when you didn't have that nice idea floating around your head. But it is so far from what God has called you to. It is so far from his grand, perfect design for your life. It is not going to bring you to the beautiful life. You are not living out from being blessed. You are blessed, but you're not living out from that place. 
And God has called you to something greater, to trust in him with all your heart, soul, and mind, to say it is about him. This is my identity. I am blessed. You see, every time you see blessed, right? It says blessed are, for there is blank, right? It keeps goes like that. Blessed are this, for they will this, right? For those people who are this, then this is going to happen. Write down all nine times. And this speaks to what happens to us who yield to God and surrender to God and call out his kingdom here on earth. We're going to jump into Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. So in the Old Testament, it's a major prophet. And it, it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. They will trade their ashes for beauty. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks, strong, tall, withstanding difficulty. Great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. God will glorify himself through them. Now, if you read Isaiah 61, if you notice, I was emphasizing certain words. And the reason why is those words, you see, they overlap, and they're very similar to the words you see listed in the Beatitudes, right? Brokenhearted, captives, mourning. And amongst those words, you see this statement, to restore beauty to ashes. We're speaking now, this is a type of Christ, where, where, where he is speaking to Jesus, that there's going to be a restoration that's pleasing to the senses of the Jewish people. That there'll be a beauty in the midst of their rubble. Now here's what's interesting. Before Jesus quotes the Beatitudes in Matthew and Luke, he tosses out Isaiah 61. As a matter of fact, he walks into the synagogue. It's kind of a synagogue is like what we have here. People coming together to hear about, you know, God. And these people had come together, religious leaders, and Jesus walks up to the front boldly. Wow. All eyes are on him, wide open. He grabs the, the scripture, which is significant, solemn, holy, grabs it. He rolls open the scroll, and he reads Isaiah 61. And then he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled, meaning I am the fulfillment of this I've come to fulfill this, and I am the fulfillment of it. I am a gift from God, and I am beauty. I bring beauty to ashes. I bring beauty to the lives of men and women whose lives are in rubble. I bring beauty to those lives. Do you hear that? I bring beautiful life. I am Jesus. True beauty is a gift from Jesus. Jesus is beauty. As I've said it before, there is nothing more brutal and beautiful than the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing in all of history. You don't, there's nothing that's more brutal and more beautiful at one time in all of history. You have, people have different ideas about what is Jesus, traditions, 
different religious backgrounds that you have. You know, you know, it, you know, you might think he's like this holy monk or something like that. I, I grew up in New York City. It's a you know, crazy kind of, when I grew up in there in Italian, Bensonhurst, uh, you know, a lot of Roman Catholics, and, and again, we're not that Roman Catholics are materialistic, but just in my culture in New York, we were crazy materialistic. I remember when I met Christy, I wanted to impress her, I think I've tossed this out, and she's wearing it, are you wearing it today? You're not, you wore it last night, didn't you? All right, see, I pay attention, baby. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So I bought her a, a dove, you know, for our first Christmas, and I, I put nice diamonds in it because, you know, hey, you know, I want to impress her, you know. It's, it's a sign of something, right? I'm invested into this. And, and so what we would do also when it came to Jesus, uh, we had this thing called Christ heads. I don't know, did you just have Christ heads here? Like, are we the only ones that were this, like, shallow? <laughs> And if you have a Christ head, I'm so sorry, by the way. You know, we, we had a Christ head, and, and it had a, a, the face of Jesus, and we would put, like, diamonds and rubies in the crown, you know, <laughs> just to make it, like, wow, you know. And somehow, th- this is what Jesus was to us, and in many ornamental ways, your tattoos or the things. And, but who, who is Jesus, man? He's beautiful. He's beauty. One of my favorite songs is Keith Green, and you could... You know, play it on the way home on your phone. You can probably pull it up. It's Lord, You're Beautiful. Man, it's, it's just a great song. You, you, sit, you sit, listen to Grace by Which I Stand and Lord, You're Beautiful. And you just got to be like, you know, inspired. The beautiful life we receive from God is a gift. But we receive it. You've received it because you believe in Jesus. You've received this gift. You got it. And it's a gift that will transform you and will lead you to a greater way of living. Jesus says in that scripture, the spirit of the Lord is on me. And then he begins to list outcomes that comes as a result of the spirit of the Lord being on him. If you want the beautiful life that comes from placing your trust in Jesus again and again and again, trust in him. Meaning not, I'll give you the opportunity at the end to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. First time maybe in your life, kicking off 2019. It's something that many of us have done before that are in here. All of us at one point or another, but many here at Cheer City Church. But you know what? You have to do it every day. Every day when you open your eyes, I give my life to Jesus. Every single day. Lord, I am yours today. Lord, I belong to you today. Me, who is blessed from the inside out, belong to you today, right? I'm surrendering to you. I'm walking with you. I am following you today. And I'm following you what? What am I surrendering to? The beautiful life. What I'm walking with? The beautiful life. Huh? What am I giving myself to? The beautiful life. You know, it's, it's, we have these ideas of, of what it is, you know, to be a Christian. It's easy to act like a Christian, right? And not act like a Christian. Well, I guess it's, a, it's easy to be a Christian and not act like a Christian. We, you know, we, we do it often. You know, we're, we're not living sacrificially. We're, we're kind of steeped in maybe, a, a, you know, an anger or, or a distorted mood, and we're, we're just not well, and we can remain in that bad place. Ha- happened to me. I'm, I'm going through it now. I, I'm actually, you know, today, I feel good this morning. You know, I do. And my wife is probably glad because her hands are just probably wiped off. I'm like rubbing my head and rubbing my back and hugging me and trying to make me feel better. It's been a hard week. It's been a real, it's been a hard week for me. It kind of culminated with the latter part of the week. And, uh, 
just some of the weight of pastoring and working through things with, with people, and, and it just kind of became very, very heavy for me. I mean, really, and, and I just was there, man, and I just, you know, not anger really at any people, maybe just, wow, feeling ineffective, feeling like the way I pastor, maybe it doesn't work, uh, um, you know, feeling hurt, uh, all of these different emotions flying through me that really, I, I, mean, I, was, I was deeply, deeply down. Like probably about a third of the day, I'm, 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 un, I'm up un, under the covers, you know? And, and so finally at the end of the day, Chris, you know, we're like, look, maybe I should, I just gotta get, I gotta get out, you know, I gotta get out of here. And so we go out to eat. And uh, as particular as I am about my pizza, I'm just as particular about where I sit. I'm a, rest, I'm a pizza snob and I'm a sit in a restaurant snob as well, you know? I wanna sit in particular places when I go out to eat. Right? Uh, but, I, you know, it was a pretty good crowd, but I just really didn't care. Actually, I just wanted to get far away from people. I wanted to go in the corner, even though the table was by the kitchen, which I never like to sit at, you know. I don't want to see anything that's going to ruin my appetite. Just, that's okay. Do what you got to do in there. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know what's going on. And so, yeah, I, I sit there with Christy, and, you know, you know I, of course, I'm enjoying, I, I'm, I'm cool with the company, but I'm just, you know, I'm just talking to her, and ah, I'm just talking to her, and we're just trying to work through it. And, um, you know, it comes time, the latter part of our, we're, of our dinner, we're getting ready to leave, and the waitress comes over, and she says, uh, you know what, uh, yeah, did someone pay for your check, you're good, you know, you, you, know, you don't owe anything. So I looked at her, and um, I smiled, I said, well, that, that's great, because I'm having one heck of a day. I don't think I said heck. Uh, I said, so whoever it is, you just tell them I'm having one heck of a day, and uh, yeah, that was really wonderful, and, and, and uh, good timing. And I looked at Chrissy and I just smiled. And you know, after all these years, you know, we know what that is. It's like, okay, I'm not like, it's not like Eureka, I feel wonderful, I don't. But I just, I, I know that God is so merciful and I know, you know, he, he just, I can't get away from him and I know that, you know, hey, somebody out there sacrificed for me. You see, that's the faith, right? We follow, you know, we follow Jesus, who's our Lord and Savior, can't be our Savior if he's not our Lord, right? Because he, he sacrificed himself. He gave of his life. He gave himself. And that's what we want to be doing. And we want to be on the lookout to be doing this as people who are blessed and want to live the beautiful life. And, and I, was, I was thinking, you know, when I looked at Christy, you know, have that history, I looked at him and I smiled and quickly I kind of reflected back. And I've told the story up here, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden, what I'm feeling in different ways, I remembered early on in our marriage, you know, when, uh, you know, we just didn't have much, you know, we had jumped out in the ministry, we were serving, we were stretching it out, sacrificing left and right, and now we're going shopping as a young couple, and we had to bring a calculator, because every time we put something off the shelf in there, we had to add it up to make sure we wouldn't go past the small amount of money we had to our name. And of course, Chris, you're just in a, in a good place, and, she, and I'm like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And I'm really not just doing this for, you know, to get, I mean, that's exactly what I was doing, man, you know. <laughs> maybe not that quickly. Maybe it was like one aisle, this sucks, next aisle, this sucks. And Chrissy just, you know, she's just keeping it together and, and you know, just having a good attitude and, and reflecting on God. And this woman walks up to us and, 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 and she hands us an envelope with $50 in it. I didn't know what Chrissy, you know, and she walks away. She says, hi. She says, hey, God bless you, you know. Maybe she got tired of hearing me say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to this day, we, we don't know who it was. You know? And I'm like, so you know what? You know, God have mercy on me. I'm such a child. I, 
just, man, I can be so immature. I can be so, just God, I can be so inconsistent. And you know what? Here, two different times, people sacrificing, yielded to what the Spirit of God is doing in them and, and depositing something wonderful into my spirit, right? Just enough to remind me that I am blessed and that there is a God and it's a beautiful life ahead for me. Yes? Yeah, it's cool. All right, so let's jump into Galatians chapter 5, verses, 15, verses 16 to 26. We're going to fly through the end this out because this, this last part, it's a smaller part, but it's really meaningful for the coming weeks. All right? So Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 26, the apostle Paul writes this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Some of you might know that term sinful nature as the flesh, right? The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. This is talking back to something to do in the Old Testament. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, fornication, adultery, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, Paul writes, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is coming from the inside out. This is not, this is one fruit. This is the evidence of the Spirit. This is what you possess when you become a believer in Jesus. When you profess faith in Jesus, this is who you are. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. We did that at the Warrior Conference last year, huh? That was awesome. Guys were going up there and nailing things that they had reconciled with God through prayer to the cross. It was a phenomenal conference. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. When you walk in the Spirit, beauty produces fruit. Do you hear that? What Paul is saying is he, he's setting opposite against each other. I think the word is juxtaposing. I, it'll take me like a year to figure out how to say that now, so let me just run away from it. What, what he's, he's saying is he's talking about our sinful nature, which rebels against God and our spirit. And he's saying if you walk in your nature, in that flesh, you will not walk in the spirit. And what's interesting is this. Even if you don't believe in God, when you look at the list that comes, that's produced from living in a sinful nature, no one would say that's beautiful. I mean, okay, sexual, immoral, sexual immorality, the fornication, the adultery. I mean, you know, look, you can spin out all you want. 
So much pain, suffering, hardship, difficulty comes from living out that way. The the degradation of our bodies. It's gotten so far now that even our kids, they want to, you know, you have to get immunized because they're saying, okay, listen, it's getting out of hand and and you're likely going to be incurring these different types of cancers from this. I I think I'm in the realm of, of being accurate when I say that. Lustful pleasures, pornography, hostility, jealousy, outbursts of anger, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness. Look at all the dissension and division we have on our political scene, not of God. Now, does any of that sound beautiful to you in any way? And what does Paul say about this in verse 21? He says that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this is just the truth, huh? Meaning anyone who's living in this opposition, who's living out this way consistently, meaning this is how they are governing their life day to day, practicing living out this way, will not inherit the kingdom of God. I just want to bring you truth. I mean, you're here, you know? I, I, I don't want to be like this infomercial, you know, like, you know, is that what you want? Where, you know, this grout clean is going to change your life, right? Like, really, it's just so shallow, you know? Or this whatever, you know, patch is going to, like, revolutionize your whole future, you know, and change your whole home because you can organize your cupboards in this way. And 1999, always 1999, right? I, don't, this is, I want to give you something of substance that's true. And anything that's worth something that's substantial, there's something significant attached to it, right? And that significance is God is calling you to turn your life over to him, right? To turn from living out in your flesh ways because this is what it produces and to live out the beautiful life because here's what the beautiful life produces, right? The fruit of the Spirit is a thing of beauty. It produces what? Love, joy, peace, huh? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Even if you're an atheist, even if you're an anti-theist, meaning atheists don't believe in God, anti-theists hate God. Even if you hate God, that's a beautiful thing, huh? What I just read, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that's beautiful, man. And this is what we have, what comes from our life when we're walking in the Spirit. It's a beautiful thing, and it makes for a beautiful life. The Beatitudes and the fruits of the spirits being blessed and producing fruit, huh? When you came in this morning, you were given a card, a connection card, we call it. Christy talked about it. On one side, it says, my next step. And it, one of it says, I have decided to follow Jesus. And, and meaning, I've decided now, this is what I want to see come from my life. I want to live the beautiful life. I believe I am blessed even now as I'm talking to God and asking him for forgiveness and realizing the difference that's in me, the spirit of God that's in me that just brings goodness from the depth of who I am and that which is not of God, which is my own desires, which is simply dark and convoluted and inconsistent and unreliable and brings me one step forward and two steps back. No. I'm turning to Jesus. I'm going to surrender to him. What am I surrendering to? The beautiful life. That's what, what am I sacrificing for? The beautiful life. Because you know this is who you are now. You want to check that box off. I'm starting a relationship with Jesus. So many people have done that here. You need to know you're amongst a beautiful group. It's incredible. I, I was saying, I, I was trying, whatever I do first, I do second. And, and like I said, this is a little embarrassing. I'm, I'm ashamed, but... 
I already told you that a lot of part of my week, how, how tough I was and a tough place I was in. But you know what? It started in an incredible way. Meaning the very last sermon I preached, this is just so fitting. And it actually hasn't sunk in. Maybe it'll sink in today, you know? My wife will have a more pleasant person for her company today, hopefully. But when I finished out the second sermon, the last time, preached 40 times, 40 weeks straight, two sermons every Sunday from Palm Sunday to the last Sunday in December, preached that second sermon, walked out there, ran into somebody in the hallway. They said, hey, Dave, can I talk with you? Somebody that was sitting out there. I don't think we had much of a conversation before. And, and, and that, we went into a private a room, and we talked, and, and they just really opened up about God had sitting here amongst you, that God had touched them, and I think as they said, God had kind of slapped them and gotten their attention, and it was, they were so well articulated, and that they just really now were just turning to Jesus, right, and coming to God. How incredible is that, right? What a, what a blessing for me. You know, I, I, I believe that, that probably did a lot more for me than I realized. It, again, I'm, I'm here and it got me through the week in, in a wonderful way and, and I'll really settle in on that. But point is, you know, it happens here. It's why we're here. It's our mission that another person can realize I'm blessed and I can live the beautiful life, right? So you check that box off and you bring it to the guest services table. They'll give you a package Huh? It's got a Bible, it's got some other good stuff in it to give you traction, to get you going and kick your year off strong. So here we go, closing out. 2019, it's going to be a great year for Cherry City Church. I believe that with all my heart, soul, and mind. I will give more than I've ever given because I think we have such a phenomenal opportunity before us. Truly, I believe that's, you know, it's funny. Uh, Fred came up to me, he could be simple. He's like, well, you know, nothing good ever comes easy, Dave. You know, right? He goes, you know, I says, yeah, you're right, Fred. It's just so true, right? He goes, it's just growing pains, Dave. That's all we have. You just, you just, these are just growing pains, man. I see it in you. It's all good, man. You know, there's so much ahead for us. And he's so right. So this is what, we're, this is what I'm doing. Usually in January, we'd be doing like a vision casting sermon series. We might be doing like a habit type, you know, kind of, you know, start some habits and disciplines or direction like, you know, you saw on the screen there for a sermon series, but we're not. This is personal for me. This year, we're going to start out 2019 in January by doing this. One, 21 days of prayer. Just think about it. You have an opportunity to turn around and plug in to be exposed to prayer in such a dynamic way where you can be from a distant, you can corporate, be attached, times of worship, different places. Open your mind and your heart up and connect to us as a whole and join 21 days of prayer. You get up, you open your email, instead of some of the garbage and the, you know what, the crap, because it's crap that you're looking at and reading, Facebook, oh, stop there, man, you know. <laughs> now, let's say it in a positive way, in an inspiring way. That's not so, really, you, you, you open it up, and before you know it, in, in a minute, you engage in something that's inspiring. Now yourself is talking to, you know, you're talking to yourself. Yourself isn't talking and yapping away to you. All that negative, down, confusing stuff. Now your soul has been enriched huh? and it's strengthened because you're reading a few sentences and a prayer and, and something and a prayer request and you're connecting with somebody else's wow. Let alone coming in here in the morning or being drawn to somebody's home and, and connecting. 21 days of prayer. We are going to strengthen our souls, yes? And then the first time ever, the J term. What we're doing is we're bringing in that practicality, that practical teaching about how to make decisions in a 
life group. Four weeks only coming in here is a whole group to jump into that very good material, to connect to each other, to get to know each other, and to just really now feed some of that practical things we have to do. By the way, put it out on Facebook. Put that, um, put that uh, trailer and put the invitation for Tuesday's group. Put it out on Facebook today if you could. Thank you so much. And, and then now, Sunday morning, this is our time, ma'am. We are going to turn around. This is what we're going to do. In the coming weeks, starting next week, we are going to take the Beatitudes and we're going to take the fruit of the Spirit and we're going to bring them together. And we're going to say, hey, and we're going to do it, really, it'll be wonderful, it'll be interesting. I believe with all my heart it's going to be inspiring. And we're going to say here, week to week, Beatitude, because there's nine of each. We're going to go in order, watch how they come together, and this is how we are going to intentionally and powerfully move forward to have a beautiful life in 2019. Yes? So join me. It's just going to be nothing short of exceptional, you know? We're going to do this. We're going to move forward. I encourage you to read Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 12. I can't believe I'm giving you homework. I very rarely do that because I was terrible with it. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. Read them. Pray over them. Contemplate. Ponder. Start getting into it. You know, this is 2019. Let's go after it. Let it be your beautiful life year. To God be the glory.